the swelly, Michael Wells. He's been working hard lately, hasn't he? Service leading, preaching, doing an awesome job. So we're really excited to hear from him this morning. Give him one more hand. Thanks, swelly. Thanks, yeah, yeah. Cole's not here today, so I'm not hands-free. It's probably good. Good morning. Sounds like a bit of an echo here this morning. I thank you all for making it out on a cold morning like it is this morning. The sun's all, uh, even though we uh, love the rain, I do thank everyone for making the effort to come out this morning. And I think for any of you who have walked with God long enough, this is the sort of uh, circumstances he likes to do things in, yeah? So uh, sometimes I think pushing through is when we actually get to things. And uh, I certainly awoke this morning, and I said this in pre-service prayer, that I don't normally wake with these sorts of things on my heart, but I had a real strong sense this morning that this word is not only for all of us, but there are a few people in this house that it is truly for you. So I hope that uh, we do get to, uh, if that is you, that this uh, sinks deep into you. Um, And even the verse that I am going to primarily base my talk around today was something that I just said to God, God... Give me a verse, yeah, which I don't normally do. I normally sort of find topics and find interesting things and want to delve into them. But today this is, so the main verse that I use out of this today again was out of, um, just out of prayer really. So again, I hope that, uh, yeah, that I can bring uh, to it the things that are on my heart. It was funny, I was speaking to Kath the other day and I was sharing some stuff. And you know when you get these little revelations, they're so exciting to you. And she just looks at me and goes, yeah, that must be personal. <laughs> So I, I hope that I can bring the enthusiasm that I have felt for, for what I'm going to talk about this morning. <clears throat> it wasn't meant in a bad way, but clearly it was for me at that time. So I'll see if I can share that today. So let's just pray. Uh, Lord, I thank you so much for today, Lord. I thank you that each one of us are in this house this morning. I thank you that we are people that can change the future. Again, that we are individuals, Lord, but there are so much that we influence in this world, Lord. And I ask that today that whatever you have for us, that it sinks deep. And again, for me, Lord, that my words fall down and yours come out, Lord. And I thank you for these things in your Son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. So the topic I want to explore today is very common, it is very simple. Um, and we have heard it many times for more, and it will be very, very familiar to you, but I think it is very difficult to obtain. And it's around the verse, and we did this in men's group a couple of weeks ago. So the verse, first verse, and can I just say that Rach is on doing verses today? So first time, Rach? Yes, look at all these new people up here. So I'll try to be kind on Rach. I actually only gave her five verses, which I think I've been very kind. Okay, so the concept that I want to explore today is based around John 13, 34 to 35. A new commandment I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so that you, um, that you must love, sorry, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know you are my disciples if you love one another. Yeah, very simple concept, yeah? And again, we're talking about love here, yeah, which is something that I think is very simple and common to us all. However, I think when you think about it more deeply, it is a very difficult and complex um, concept sometimes and definitely difficult to achieve. Now, we live in a world today where there's many views about what you should be and what you should do and how you should be seen. And there are many opinions. Social media has let everyone have an opinion. I don't know if it's all been good, but everyone, and there are millions of uh, sort of opinions out there. And as everyone tries to develop their own identity, you know, people attach onto different things. 
So I think when I, a question I would ask all of us in this house today is, what are you known for? What are you known for? Are you known for your job? Are you known for your skills? Are you known for your beauty? Clearly all those three are mine. But uh, are you known for your beliefs? Are you known for your loves? Or more commonly these days, are you known for your dislikes? Yeah? Things that you don't like. Yeah? And if you think about this in more depth, you know, what are you actually known for? Are you known for these things? Or are you someone who is known for kindness? for generosity, for patience, for the things of love that we all know are the definition of love. And if you are known for these things, are you known that you are a Christian and are walking out your walk? Yeah? And it's not just you, that you're a good person and you're a fantastic person. Do, do people know that if that is why you do these things, that it is you? Again, when you read this verse, I think probably the first thing to me sort of stands out to me in this verse is the first line, a new commandment that I give to you. Why would it be a new commandment when he's talking about love? Surely love has been around for a lot longer before Jesus spoke about it here today, yeah? So I think it's an interesting thing that he says that this is a new commandment that I give to you. Um, <clears throat> now, I think that he talks about this is because... Um, I think it's easy to love your family. It's easy to love your friends. Even loving your family can be challenging at times, yes? But even when you think about your friends, it's easy to love them. But then it gets a bit more difficult to love people when it's people that are sort of not like you, that are a little strange to you, have different opinions to you, even people that are opposed to you. How do you actually show love in those sorts of circumstances? And again, we're easily offended these days, I think, yeah? Not only do we don't love people that are dislike us, we don't even like people that are sort of just a little bit different than us. Yeah, I think that this is something... And when he says that he commands this of you, you know, I think if you think about the way Jesus walked around, there was many suggestions that he said to people. There wasn't many commandments. This is a commandment that we actually love one another. And I think God has given us many practical examples of how to love each other. Yeah, I think the way God has built and designed the world, he has given us many things. I think he's given us family, yeah? And I honestly can say, until you have children... Mm, it's harsh. I won't say it that way. I think, for me personally, yeah, I think until I had children, I never truly understood what it was to actually think about something other than yourself, yeah? I think one of the biggest challenges if you don't have children um, or family and stuff is that, you know, you can become very self-centered and stuff. And I think that when you actually have children, you really realize that depth of, you know, things that are lost. And even I think the way God has designed the Godhead of, you know, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, you know, he's even designed it so we can understand it and relate to it. So I think he gives us examples of family. He gives us examples of friends, okay, mateship, people who go through common experiences, people who have your back. You can understand what it is to have that sort of friend. He gives us desires, yeah, things to love. He gives us desires for things to think about, nature, things and animals and stuff like that, yeah. And he gives us a sense of himself as well. I think he puts in every person a sense of who he is. But all too often I think these fall short, yeah. Too often I think when we say things like I love you, it really means I need you. Yeah, it's not that I love you, it's I need you. And I think we have selfish versions of love, yeah, that as long as you return the love that I give you, then it's all good. If you don't return that love, then that's not so good. And I don't think that I'll give you any of my love anymore. Friends, they betray us. They betray our trust and they let us down. Parents and, and friends too often betray their children and how they should really love them, yeah. And sometimes that sense of God that is put in people, they justify any action that they want. And whatever version of life that they want to have, then they will say that this is God's will. 
yeah, and don't actually base it on things like in the Bible. So I think unfortunately for us is that even though we have these concepts of love, when it actually comes down to the crunch sometimes, we really sort of, it gets morphed into things that are not like, that are not sort of really like. So he basically says, so how do you love like Christ? Yeah, that's what I want to explore this morning. That's a topic that I want to talk about. Not sort of the versions of love that we have, but what is it really like to like, love like he does? And there's probably just probably four main points that I want to pull out of it today. <clears throat> and I think that when you look at any of these sorts of things, you really need to look at them in context, yeah? Anything that you read in the Bible, you really need to read in context and what was sort of going on around it, okay? So again, why was it a new commandment, yeah? So like I said just a minute ago, I think there was a new commandment because, you know, it's, we, we are commanded to love not only people that are in our world that we like, but people that are not in our world, people that, and it's not, a cho- it's not a sort of choice that you don't love people, it's actually you are commanded to love people that are not like you, and in fact, even people that are even your enemies, okay? And, as, and, and he says, how do you do that? Yeah. Now, so now, when you really break that down, what does that actually look like? That means that we don't gossip about people. Yeah. It means that we don't we don't think of others above ourselves. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. And we even go so far as to love people that actually really actually hate us. Yeah. Now, if you really truly think about that, it's a very difficult concept. Yeah. Very difficult concept. But then he gives us the means to how to do that. As I have loved you. Yeah. That's how he says. So he gives an example. So not only the thing about Christ, I think when he talks about things, he not only tells you what to do, he gives you an example of it, yeah? So he basically says, as I have loved you, then this is how you are to love others, yeah? And there are many examples in the Bible. But again, I think if you actually look at this statement in context and what was going on around when he said this, as it seems a very simple concept, love other people and then people will know who you are. Does anyone know what, where this statement was made? What was going on around? Absolutely. So let's look at this, yeah? So this is in John 13, 21. This is in amongst, basically, when, when he makes this statement. After he had said this, Jesus was troubled in spirit and um, testified. Now, I think any time you read when Jesus is troubled in spirit, I always, my ears prick up, yeah? Any time you hear Jesus is troubled in spirit, it's usually something pretty drastic's happening, yeah? And he says, very truly, I tell you that one of you are going to betray me. His disciples stared at one another at a loss to know who, to which of them he meant. One of them, the disciple who Jesus loved, which is the guy who wrote this book, by the way, John, which is quite hilarious, but he put that in there, <clears throat> was reclining next to him. Simon Peter mentioned to his disciples and said, ask him who the one is he means. Leaning back against Jesus, he asked him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, it is the one to whom I will give this piece of bread. When I have dipped it in this dish, then, then dipping this piece of bread, he gave it to, to Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. As soon as Judas took the bread, Satan entered into him. So Jesus told him, what you are about to do, do quickly. But no one at the meal understood what Jesus said to, to, said to him. Since Judas had, had charge of the money, some thought Jesus was telling him to buy Um, what was needed for the festival, or to give something to the poor. As soon as Judas had taken the bread, he went out and it was into the night. So when Jesus says to us we are commanded to love each other, it is in the midst of him being betrayed. 
Yeah, the very next lines after this is when he talks about how you should better. So in the middle of him being betrayed, he says, this is, what I, this is a demonstration of love, okay? This is what it means to love. And let's think about betrayal. Betrayal is probably one of the most difficult things anyone will ever deal with, yeah? It's this sort of active deceitfulness. Yeah, it's not someone sort of doing something a little bit wrong. It's actually actively being deceitful. Yeah, and think about who he is talking about here. He is talking about one of the 12. This is one of the disciples that had gone around with him for three years that had seen everything that had happened with him. He had shared meals, intimate thoughts with him. He had gone through things. He had done everything with this person. Okay, this is one of the 12. Yeah, and I think we forget that. We, we, we think of Judas in a sort of way now, but at that time, he was one of the 12. Even the boys at the table thought he was going off to do a charitable work. Yeah, they didn't know in the heart of it all, Judas was betraying Jesus. Okay, and I think not only is he someone who's, who's, who has seen what Christ was doing and what was, he was about, he was also partaking in that. He was driving out demons, yeah? He was healing the sick. He was doing that. This is an anointed person of God, yeah, who is betraying Jesus in the midst of things, yeah? So again, I think this is an important concept to have around what, we are, what he is saying here. And now when you actually think about him betraying, he uses his full name, yeah? He uses his full name. What name does he say when he talks about it? Jesus, the Son, yeah? The son of Simon of Iscariot, yeah? Does anyone know what the Simon of Iscariot meant? It means some son, um, Simon the leper, yeah? Now, there are two things that are sort of thought about this. It is actually thought about that Jesus may have actually healed his father, yeah? He may have actually healed Judas's father, okay? So again, when he uses his full name, he's reminding him of who he was. The other thing that is known about Simon, um, Judas's dad is he was a very generous man. He was a Pharisee, and he was very generous. He put on one of the festivals that one of these people went to. So whether it was because he was a generous person or whether it was because he'd actually healed his dad, I think Jesus, again, is still reminding him, even to the last minute, of what he's actually done for him, right to the last point before he actually betrays him. <clears throat> And probably one of the biggest points that is to come out of this verse is that Christ knew and was willing to go to the cross. Yeah? We must never ever forget that Christ was willing to go to that cross. Don't let anyone ever tell you Christ was taken to the cross. Yeah? He willingly went there as the sacrifice for all. Yeah? And sometimes I think in our minds we don't think, we think that, you know, you know God doesn't know what's going on. Yeah, God clearly knew what was going on at the table. Now, he told one of the disciples, he actually told John, and the reason when it says in the Bible when you read it, he said, I'm going to tell you this so you can write it down, so it's recorded. That's the only reason. He would have probably been happy for no one to know what was going on. But he told him, this is what's going to happen. Remember all the other disciples, they didn't know what was going on. Um, and I think the more that you walk with God, and for anyone in this house who's walked with him for a long time, you, you realize God works on many layers. Yeah, God never works in just one simple layer. God works in many layers and many things are going on. So any situation you come across that's very difficult in your life, just remember there are many things going on. Yeah, And God works in many, many layers. And I think that this is a great example. In the midst of his betrayal, he still demonstrates what love is. And again, this is what Christ is so significant in our life. Okay, The Holy Spirit plays an, an amazing part. God plays an amazing part. But Christ plays a unique part for all of us. And one of those many parts is he gives us practical examples of what he talks about. Yeah, He doesn't give us anything that he's like, oh, just do this, but you know, just 
hoped you can do it. He actually gives you an example. And I think that even in his death, right up to the end, even though his foes thought that they were winning, and even though Satan thought this is great, he was furthering God's purpose. Yes, yeah, so even at the last time when everything looks like it's gone, he's still furthering God's purpose. I think when he looked into the eyes of Judas, yeah. Now remember, this is a very intimate setting, yeah. This is the Last Supper. They're all laying around talking to each other. You know, the old picture where they're all sitting at a table. It wasn't like that. They're all laying around together. That's the way they ate in those days. So it's, this is a very intimate scene, okay. He's sitting there. And I think, and again, I mean, this is just me surmising, but I think when he looked into the Judas's eyes, he saw all the reasons why he was going to do what he was going to do. Yeah? When he looked into Judas's eyes, he saw the reason why he needs to go and save the world. Because this is someone who was so close to him and they could betray him. Okay? So, and when, what did he say after that when he, when he knew what was going on? And when he, he said, go and do it quickly. I know what you're going to do, so go and do it quickly. <clears throat> This is how you love your enemies. Yeah? This is how you love your enemies. When you think about the concept of how do I love my enemies, think about this verse. Think about what Jesus just did then. And again, the other disciples, they didn't have a clue what was going on, did they? They didn't know what this was sort of this, this was a tragic scene. Yeah, some thought that he was doing good deeds. How often can things be going tragically wrong around us and we have no idea? We come and there's a, you know, it's hidden behind a smile or it's hidden behind a good deed. Yeah? Let us not be people that are in a house that we don't share if things are really bad. Yeah? Please let us be people that sort of share what's going on. And again, that real point where he dips the bread in the soup and then he says that the devil has entered him. Yeah? What a damning statement. I don't think there's anything more damning than that. And I think that this sort of shows or demonstrates certainly to me that there is a point where God will give you over to your desires. Yeah? Um, and, you know, and it will go dreadfully, yeah? It'll go over to the devil, okay? And I think this is when he talks about, and the Bible talks about people who have a hardened heart, you know? And I think we have to remember that God will beckon, he will call, he will whisper, he will do everything, but at the end of the day, he will never make you. He will never make you do anything. You know, Christ, and sometimes I get a little, I sort of think, even though I understand people's passion, sometimes people get really in people's face, like, you have to do this, you know what I mean? Christ did, he died on the cross so people had a choice. Yeah, it may be a choice that damns them, but at the end of the day, he gave people a choice. And I think we need to respect that. Whether we like it or dislike it, or we know where things are going, at the end of the day, he basically said, you have a choice. And there is so much symbolism going on around here. Let me please just give you a little bit of it. And I think it just blows my mind again when you look into the deeper meaningful. What was going on? What feast was it going on at the time? Yep, what was a bigger feast around that? So Passover is one bit of it. Unleavened bread, yeah? Who remembers what unleavened bread was for the, in the Old Testament? Yeah, so unleavened bread represented when the, the Israelites had to, to, they basically, they weren't allowed to sort of make bread that had yeast because it was too long. It basically meant that you had to be ready to go at any point in time to go, okay? This is when, um, this is when Moses sort of saved the Israelite nation, okay? And it basically, and again, in festivals after that, sort of unleavened bread represented sin in people's lives and how to get out of it. I used to be part of a church where you had to de-leaven your entire house, you know what I mean? Um, for a week so let me tell you ever try to do that it's get all those crumbs out of your house but again it's just a representation okay but again what does the bread represent life yeah 
think, let's think about that when, it, when he talks about in the communion, yeah? What does it represent? It re- represents life, okay? But at the end, in the midst of this festival that is about waiting on God and being expectant of him, then it comes to the Passover, like you said just before. Who remembers what the Passover is about? Absolutely. So the blood over the door, yeah? Which was the sacrifice, wasn't it? Yeah? The newborn lamb sacrifice, okay? So again, this is, yeah? How representative is this, you know what I mean? This is incredible symbolism. Right on the night of the Passover, he's basically demonstrating, I'm going to be that lamb that saves everything, yeah? So again, the blood of the lamb who prays the price, yeah? You know, the the angel of death passes over. So this is in the midst of what's going on in the background, okay? What's the verse that goes on? What is the verse after this? Does anyone know what the verse after this is about? Communion, yeah? The verse straight after this is where he breaks the bread and talks about, yeah, the bread, is the bread of life and the wine is the sacrifice. Let's read this in Matthew 26, 25 to 29. Then Judas, one of... The ones who betrayed him said, surely you don't mean me, Rabbi. (laughs) Not me. What do you mean? Jesus answers, as you say so. While they were eating, Jesus took bread. And this is a verse that we're all very familiar with, aren't we, when we talk about doing communion. And then he gave thanks and he broke the bread and he gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat, this is of my body. Then he took the cup and when he um, had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink of it. Um, um, drink of it all of you this is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for the many for the forgiveness of sins so he knew what he was doing straight after this he gives this example of what I'm doing remember the Passover lamb this is what he's talking about yeah this would have been highly significant to all these people around him I tell you that I um, will not drink of this fruit or of this wine from now until the day when I drink of it in my father's kingdom okay For one, he gives to believers the bread of life. To Judas, he gives the bread of damnation. Yeah, There is incredible symbolism going on here. And let's remember, Jesus got in a lot of trouble about this very verse. Yeah? So do remember what happened over in Matthew, in John 6? Yeah? Jesus lost most of his disciples over this very concept. Yeah? When he talked about it, and they, they thought that he, they meant that he had to eat their, his flesh and his, 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 drink his blood. But most of his disciples, it actually says at the end of um, John 6, is that they all left because they couldn't handle this concept. Okay, now remember Jesus was trying to show that he meant that this was a spiritual concept, but at the time everyone took it for literal. But he said this over and over again. This is what this represents, that you've got to remember, and if you don't walk with me, you can't have part of what I'm going to do. Yeah? What was the scripture before? Anyone know? I just really like what is sandwiched in here, what's going on. What does the, anyone remember what was going on before this, just before this? It's the foot washing ceremony, yeah? What was the foot washing ceremony about? Absolutely, servanthood, yeah? It's talking about a servanthood. Let's read it. This is over in John 13, 12 to 17. Now, this is after he's washed all of their feet. And I love, this is Peter, who's hilarious, doesn't he? Peter says, you know, he doesn't want his feet washed. And then when he says, oh, no, you have to have your feet washed. You can't be part of me. He goes, okay, wash my entire body, you know. He's very funny. As we said at men's group the other week, Peter's always that example of things going um, astray, doing things a bit wrong. Probably the only real one about him. Okay, so he says after this, when he had finished washing their feet, He put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. 
You call me teacher and you call me Lord and rightly so, for that is what I am. Know that, sorry, now that I am, sorry, now that I am, that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you know, um, you also should wash each other's feet. I have set you an example that you should, sorry, that you should do as I have done for you. Very surely I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor his master greater than the one who sent him. Um, I think that's such an important point, yeah? This is why we should never ever think of ourselves above any other person, yeah? Know that you, um, so now, um, now, sorry, now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Okay, so this is what goes on just before. So he before gives this incredible example of, and again, you should look into this. This is a whole sermon in itself, really. I think washing the feet and stuff and what it all represented. But again, if you truly think about who God or Christ was and what he was doing, it's insane. It's really insane. And probably one of the most offensive things to all of these people of this time is Christ came as he did. Yeah? No one expected him to come like he did. Most were thinking of, you know, white horses, chariots, armies, legions, and he came and he washes his disciples' feet, yeah? So again, when we think about how do you love like Christ, I think one of the two of the biggest things that has to come to your mind is it's going to be full of sacrifice and it's going to have service involved, yeah? Two fundamentals. I don't think you can get away in any way. Okay. Everyone okay? <laughs> Terrible. All right, this is, the con- this is the, actually the verse that I was given, so that was just all the prelude. So I think one of this last concept that I want to talk about is it's very, you've got to have his eyes. I think if you have his eyes or you see the world as he saw the world, it does change things, okay? When you get people that are in your face that are really difficult to love or difficult to, do, you know, to even be around, you, know, you really need to see the world as he did. Okay, and this is the verse that was given to me when I prayed, what should I talk about today? And it's entitled, The Armour of God. This is in Ephesians 6, 10 to 18. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armour of God so that you can make your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggles is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of, his dark, of, of this dark, dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in their heavenly realms. Just let that sink in for two seconds. Yeah. Our fight is never against people. Our fight is never against people. Yeah, when Christ looked at people, when he looked into Judas's eyes, he didn't see Judas. Yeah, this is what he saw. He saw who he was really fighting. Yeah, and when we find it difficult to love people or people fight against us, yeah, just remember it's the devil's schemes that have probably been playing in most people's lives. Yeah, some schemes of the devil have been running unchecked in generations of families and in people's lives their entire life. Yeah, and so then when they come to us, we get offended with that. That's insane. It's insane when you think about it that we as Christians who have this sort of knowledge get offended at anyone. I, I just, does that make sense? I find it difficult that we actually even get offended by anything that goes on or get shocked by anything bad that goes on. We need to know that this is what's going on in the background, yeah? And whether you think that it's, you know, and again, these are rulers and authorities of power that are here on heaven and on, uh, that are on this earth, but in heaven as well. 
Yeah, this is a battle that goes beyond here as well. As much as you probably, you know, that concept can blow your mind, the reality is this is what it says. Therefore, we are soldiers. Whether you like it or not, we are soldiers, yeah, of his. And this is our fight. Our fight is against all of the schemes that are going on in the background in every person's life and in our own lives. So how do we fight? And I think just one note to this. I think even though that we know these are the things that are going on in the background, we should never give too much heed to it. We should know that Christ has paid the price and he has overcome all of it, okay? But we should just know that this is what goes on in the background. He has overcome, and again, because God is good, yeah? So 13, therefore, put on your full armour of God so that when the day of evil comes that you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done, done everything to stand, stand firm then. I love this, Yeah? What an unreal verse. So when he says, when you've done everything that you can do, what do you do? You stand. You still stand. Even though you may think, oh, this is terrible, what's going on? Even after you've done everything humanly possible, what do you do? You stand. Talk to people that have walked through stuff. Yeah? To get some of this concept. This is what God says to you. When things are going bad, things are going wrong, things aren't what you think, stand. Stand again. Even though it may be tough, it will be worth it in the long run, yeah? <clears throat> With the belt of truth buckled around your waist, yeah? Truth is one of those things that these days can become very flippant. I think it's sort of relevant to whoever's saying it. But there is a godly truth to all things, okay? What he says about you is a truth. What he says about your enemies is a truth. What he says about what will come to pass is a truth, yeah? How to deal with others, how to conduct yourself, there are so many truths in this book, yeah, and the Holy Spirit wants to put them inside of you as well, yeah? And I think this is a whole topic in itself, but remember there is godly truth, okay? Sometimes we can get caught up in other people's opinions and thoughts and stuff like that, but know that there is always a godly truth to things. With the breastplate of righteousness in place. I think this, ver this, this, thought, this concept of rightness is in deep in anyone. Anyone who's got children <laughs> will understand the, the concept of rightness and when you do things wrong, let me tell you, everyone tells you. Okay, but I think that we're in, a, we're in a world where everyone thinks they're right. Okay? Um, and I think that, you know, most of the wars around the world have been caused because people think that they're right and they're battling for the right things. And if you think about how people do really bad things, it's usually because they're trying to defend what they think is right. You know, what our right is is different to someone else's right. But at the end of the day, there is a God's righteousness, okay? And we need to be people who understand that and sort of search after that on a daily basis. And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes with the gospel of peace. Yeah? Is peace something that just comes to you? Or is it something you have to go after? Yeah? Peace is something that you have to go after. With the feet of readiness to go after things, yeah? I think it's a very simple concept, yeah, but I think it's a powerful one. Doing nothing is also doing something. Does that make sense? Doing nothing is also doing something. And I think that one of the biggest things that we can carry on in our life is that we get lulled into this sort of sense of just, you know, wasting time, basically, yeah? Um, and again, I think for us to sort of facilitate peace, we have to pursue it. 
This is not something. Remember that old saying that says, the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. Yeah? It's a true statement, yeah? And I think apathy is one of those, one of the biggest killers of society these days. You know, we have set everything up around us that can make us ridiculously apathetic, especially people like in the West. You know, we have every need that we can have, you know? But I think we have to fight that. One of the things that we have to fight the most is apathy, yeah? And again, it's for a good reason. It's to bring peace into people's lives. In addition to all this, take up your shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Do we have faith? Are we people who have faith? What does faith mean? What does that mean? Seeing things that haven't happened. Believing in things that haven't come to pass. Yeah? I love Patrick's faith, yeah? How he preached the other week and he said, I don't preach to 30 people, I preach to 300 people. That's the way I see it. Do we, are we people who see that? On a day like today when it's cold and not everyone wants to come out, do we see that that's where things are to come and that that's what we're going to work into? Yeah? And there are so many examples in the Bible of faith. Moses, David, there are many faith-filled people in this Bible. Okay, and again, our testimonies for each other, they should be things that we share. These should be things that we encourage each other with. You know, the, the faith that we've had in some circumstance and we've prayed for things or things that have happened. Okay, and remember, these, the, the testimony of the saints is in God's presence. There's not many things in God's presence. The one thing that is in God's presence is our testimonies, the saints' testimonies. Yeah, it's a good concept to get your head into as well. Lots of good concepts today. This is why I can never keep my head on some topic, eh? This is what happens. I think about something and I'm off. <clears throat> Take the helmet of salvation and the, and the sword of the Spirit, with it, with, um, which is the Word of God, yeah? Do we take the Word of God into our everyday lives, yeah? Are we people who speak truth and love into people's lives? It doesn't mean that you have to talk about Jesus. It means you have to talk into people's lives, help them with things and stuff like that. And again, speak truth. There, are, I guarantee you there will be... a on a daily basis, there's at least got to be a dozen people that you can speak some truth into their life and some love into their life and stuff. You don't need to mention Jesus. Just, to, just work at it and show it as it should be. Does that make sense? Yeah. <clears throat> and again, just be those people that are very personable to people. Yeah. Really, really get to know people. Okay. Don't just do things superficial. Nobody wants to know things superficial. Do you know what I mean? Really try to be people that are in people's lives. <clears throat> and 18... And prayer, pray in the Spirit on all occasions and all kinds of prayers and requests. Yeah. The thing I find interesting there is he puts prayers and requests different. <laughs> I wonder if sometimes when we pray, it's just a long list of requests. <clears throat> anyway, that's just my mind. Maybe it's just me who prays like that. But I think at the end of the day, there are prayers, you know, that are prayers are probably thanking God and who he is and what's going on and what's going on around me. And even if you're in troubled times, that this is okay, you know, there's prayers. And then there's a list of like things that he probably wants us to pray about. But again, do we share the good news? Yeah, because there's so much bad news out there. So much bad news. Bad news is at every turn. Anytime you pick up any bit of news... It will primarily be bad. I did, a, I did studies for a year on, 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 on the media. And I actually sat and I actually watched the news one night and actually wrote down what all the topics of they were. And they basically, nearly every news item most nights, if it's a half an hour lot of news, it will basically be 
26 minutes of horrible things and then they'll have a panda that was born or a tiger that was sort of born somewhere in some zoo just to make you feel good. But the reality is the news that we get fed is very biased. Now, I'm not saying the news is the worst thing and blah, 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 but remember that the news will always stand by behind that statement. It says, buyer beware. Yeah? Just know that that's what the news stands behind. The news has a platform and the platform that it says is if you don't like what I tell you, don't listen to it. Yeah? Sometimes, unfortunately, people think the news and all those sorts of things are real. You know, they're not. They're a perspective on things. So, again, are we people who speak good news into things and stuff? Because there's so much bad news out there. And, again, sometimes people get so fearful about things that they won't even go out their front door. Yeah? We've got so many friends that come from Sydney and stuff, and they're so worried about their children doing anything that when they see our kids ride off down the street on a push bike, they nearly have a heart attack. But the reality is, you know what I mean, are you fearful that around every corner someone's going to dong you on the head? We shouldn't be people who do that. <clears throat> and again, just remember that God made the universe and he said that it was good. Yeah. Just remember, God's good is <laughs> probably way above anything that we'll ever do. So again, this is good news and I think many people need to hear it. Yeah. Okay, just to finish off this. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on prayer and praying for all of the Lord's people. Yeah. Are we prayer warriors? You know, some of the, these ladies over here, I just love you guys so much, yeah? This, this row here, this second row here, these are the warriors, yeah? At the end of the day, I look there, is, and you guarantee you, any church that there is around, there will be a bunch of warriors that have been here, that have just worked into the house and have prayed into the house. So I thank you so much for your service. But again, are we people that truly war on people's behalf, okay? You know, I mean, again, great movie, The War Room, you know? Okay, in conclusion, someone want to play music or you don't have to? <clears throat> probably, should, probably should wind me up. See, I've even finished earlier on time today. Clearly, I've not slowed down, though. That's all right. Where your husband's not in here, he doesn't need to know. Okay. <clears throat> so I think as in all things with Christ that he asks us to do, he also gives us a practical example. Yeah, he, For everything that he asks, he says, here, I'll show you how it's done. So right in the middle of his betrayal, yeah, he loved his betrayer. He demonstrates what it is to be a servant. He showed himself as a willing sacrifice for us all. And again, he still... Um, yeah, and he just reminds us all how we're supposed to, to share with each other, okay? Again, this is not just a demonstration, but it's like we're not supposed to just do this with people we like. We're supposed to do it with all of mankind, okay? <clears throat> and again, I think Christ knew that it was going to be hard. I think Christ knew this was going to be hard. So when he actually says, this is a commandment I give to you, I think that's why he said, he said this is probably going to be one of your biggest challenges. If you actually can love like I can, this will be one of your biggest challenges. So I'll make it a commandment, yeah? Not just something that I suggest. So again, I think if we're going to love like Christ, it's going to have service involved. Yeah? It's going to have service involved. I don't see how you can love anyone else if there isn't service involved. Okay? It's going to mean serving. It's going to mean pushing out of your boundary. It's going to mean that it gets uncomfortable. Yeah? Is it ever easy to serve? Not always. Yeah? It's sort of, you know, there's, it's, it takes effort to do it sometimes. And, but I think it's worth to do that. There's going to be an element of sacrifice. Okay, there's going to be, whether it be time or whatever, whatever's precious to you, there's going to be a, a sacrifice that goes with it. But again, remember that we're only following in the footsteps of the person that we know. Okay, and we need to know who the real enemy is. Yeah, and again, it is never people. 
It's never people, yeah? It's the schemes and things that go on behind the scenes. And we need to know that and see that and pray into that, that those things go. And again, how do we actually war against these things? We don't war in our own effort. If we war in our own effort, we will fall flat every time, yeah? We need to clothe ourselves with godly attitudes. And that's where that armor of God comes in, okay? That it's just, that, that if you think about that whole armor that he says to put on, if you truly do that on a daily basis, I guarantee you, you will walk free, yeah? When God talks about freedom, I think that's how it works. You will walk free if you do those things. Hey, Smuggler. Okay, last thought. Yeah, so hopefully at the end of the day, yeah, we can say that we love like Christ and that everyone will know that we are his disciples because of the love that we have for one another and everyone else, yeah? That's our goal. And hopefully today that, yeah, I've given us some tools that we can get to that. Thanks very much. Awesome. How good was that? Before you go, Swelly, maybe we'll get you to pray for us. We'll get the band up and we'll just finish by singing whatever you guys want to sing, maybe a worship song. But um, there was lots of food for thought in that hay and lots to just chew on and and ponder. And I think um, we'll get Swelly to pray for us. But I think as we worship, maybe God will be stirring our hearts. What might that look like for us? And, And maybe if we have been... Finding it hard to love the ones who have hurt us. Maybe there'll be a fresh grace. Maybe God will bring some healing just to help us love in a greater way like Swelly was talking about as Jesus did. So thanks, Swelly. Pray for us and then we'll just jump straight into worship. Thanks. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much that you gave us your son. I thank you that you gave us Christ. And I thank you so much for his character and who he was, Lord, and that he... He set the example, Lord, but uh, he didn't just tell us to do things, Lord. He set the example of how to do things, Lord. And again, uh, just let us be people that do uh, truly understand what it is to love like you. Let us not be people who love with the way it comes natural to us, Lord. Let us be people who truly push ourselves and um, love like you did, Lord. And again, that we can see every person for who they truly are, Lord, and not for what uh, is sort of things that are bad in them, Lord. Let us just be people that actually just see the goodness in every person, Lord. Let us be people that know that when we walk in your love that there will be some sacrifice and some service, Lord, but it will ultimately bring us to where we need to be with you, Lord, and again, that we will hopefully bring people into the house and we will bring people into a knowledge of you, Lord, and we will bring salvation to every person we know, Lord, and that they will truly get to know who you are and know your love for them, Lord. So again, I just ask as we go out this week, Lord, that we can all just take that armour of God and put it on and just walk free, free people that are free in the knowledge that we know that you are with us, Lord, and that you will go before us and after us and protect us and look after us. And we thank you for these things in your son's name, Jesus Christ, amen. Go ahead and stand.